It's time for the Brotherly Love Podcast. Keeping it real on the Philly sports scene since 2014. But, you know, still, he's yakless. Oh. He's the yakless wonder. He is. My God. Good job, Zach Ertz, baby. Love it. Ertzy, babe. Ertzy, babe. Whether it's the fight in Bills, the birds, the fly guys, the process, or a national headline, these two beauties are talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend. Here's your host, Joe O'Donnell. God damn it, I love Chase Sutton. And John Mita. Terry Williams, do me a favor. For one week, can I not talk about you? What's up, SoundCloud and iTunes? It is the Brotherly Love Podcast, episode 101 in the house. Joe O'Donnell, John Mita. Uh, back to our remote locations after a outstanding 100th episode of the Great American Pub in Conshohocken with a great turnout, friends and family. That was an awesome night, Johnny Mita. Thanks again for setting that up, dude. And we had our most clicks ever on that episode. So in addition to doing that live performance, if you will, uh, we had over 200 clicks on SoundCloud. I'm not sure SoundCloud was broken uh, if somebody's internet was buffering, so they hit the link like 75 times themselves. But whoever you were, wherever you were, Thank you for that support. That was awesome, man. I, I did not expect that. My 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 head almost popped off my shoulders when I was like, let me see how the podcast is doing two or three days in. It was like 215 clicks, almost almost keeled over right there on the, on the spot. So, uh, again, Johnny Mita, thanks for setting that up, dude. It was great, and I uh, really appreciate all the support we got. Yeah, no problem. And, you know, just to reiterate what you said, it was just an awesome night. Uh, great to be there with friends and family, and uh, it, we, did, we just had a blast. It was so much fun. To kind of very different for us to, you know, do it in front of a bunch of people. I really enjoyed that aspect of it, and uh, so grateful that we had 200 clicks. And you know, we're going to try to keep this thing rolling. We're going to try to entertain the people and just give our crazy opinions on Philadelphia sports, continuing from here on out. And uh, you know, let's, let's get to the good stuff, man. I'm getting extremely excited about this week. Obviously, I, we all know about the injury to Carson Wentz, but. Philadelphia playoff football is back. The Lincoln Financial Field at 435 this upcoming Saturday is going to be on absolute fire. I, I can't wait. I, I, I just I can't wait. And, uh, yeah, let's get into it, buddy. Let's talk about Well, hang on. Before up. before we get into the matchup, how many car bombs right. have you had today? <laughs> no car bombs. <laughs> um, yeah. no, you know what I had? I had a, uh, an actually a, a healthy shake. Yes. Starting the new year, wow. shake with fruit and whatever type of jumbo juice my brother put in this morning. So maybe that's why I'm feeling so good and so on fire right now. I love it. All right, healthy shake guy in the house. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was funny. I was, we'll roll, I was rolling. Back, yeah, yeah. We'll see. Rolling back through uh, through as I was getting ready to post episode 100, it was me chirping you about putting the car bombs down and coming over to do the podcast. Uh, that was a good sound bite. I, I saved that one for the archives. Uh, I'll bust that out at some point for you. All right, uh, Philadelphia Eagles, Atlanta Falcons. You mentioned Saturday afternoon at the link. Uh, let's get right to it. I told you at episode 100, live at the Great American Pub, the Falcons were going to beat the Rams. The Falcons were coming to Philadelphia. I think it's the most favorable matchup. I don't know if you agree with that or not, but what is the recipe for success? What is the game plan for the Eagles on Saturday to allow them to advance to the NFC Championship game? Yeah, I think there's there's certain things that that are going to be the formula for success here. A couple couple big points. I think first of all, okay, this is you know, and I reiterated in the last podcast lot. You know, the defense has to play lights out football. You know, Fletcher Cox and Timmy Jernigan 
have to be huge in this game. It would be huge on, on both facets when it comes to defense. They, first of all, they have to stop the run. You know, the Falcons have two very talented running backs. They have Devontae Freeman, who's a great back. They also have um, Coleman. I forget Coleman. Tavin Coleman, yeah. Tavin Coleman gave me. Uh, thank you, Joe. Um, so, and the pass rush. Where have they had success against Matt Ryan? Now, Matt Ryan is one and three when he comes back to the city of Rolula. So why do they have success against Matt Ryan? Because they're pressuring him all day, every single down. The crowd noise has to be a factor. You know, the fans have to go in there and just ruckus to make sure that he can't call up the audibles. He can't call up the signals. But for me, it's defense, defense, defense. Okay, that's going to be huge in this game. The other thing is, and we've said it all year long, Joe, run the damn football dub. Forget run the damn ball, Andy. We got a new one. <laughs> run the damn football dub. Okay, you have a stable running back. Pretty much rested J.H.I. for the last couple weeks of the season. He's got to be fresh. He becomes your horse with Garrett Blunt. Just run it down their throat. Now, Atlanta came in here last November, a year ago. How did they win that football game? Well, Ryan Matthews probably played one of the best games of his career as a running back. And also, they sprinkled in a little Wendell Smallwood who will be in street clothes this week. But I think you have to do that. You know what? Nick Foles basically throwing the ball. I, I just want to see Nick Foles throw the ball 30 times or less. I think if they can do that, I think they have a great chance to win. Atlanta's defense played lights out against the LA Rams. I mean, they shut down pretty much one of the you know the leading scoring offense in the league, and they held them to 13 points. Does that make you want? I think the other thing is too, Zachers, buddy. Here's the deal. It's time for you to show why you were a pro bowler this year and why you're one of the top three tight ends in all football. This is your time. Trey Burton, the tight ends got to be huge, working in the middle of the field to open up some deep shots late for Foles. So, again, the recipe for me, defense first, running game second. Third thing is be opportunistic, you know, when it comes down to some plays down the field. And here's the other thing, too. Nick Foles, don't play scared, okay? Do not play scared, okay? Leave it out there, all right? Just leave it out there. I don't want you to play like, like, like it's too big. Just just leave it out there. As full up your fans, the situation that this football team is right now, and the, the other thing, too, Joe, and I know I'm rambling on like a crazy madman right now, okay? I love the fact that the Eagles are an underdog in this game. They feel disrespected. You hear the players all week on this side. All they talk about is how they're not getting any type of respect. You know, even though Carson went down, everybody thinks, well, just because Carson went down, that's the reason, you know, why this football team has had the success that it has. It wasn't the play of the other, you know, 52 guys on the game day roster. So I love the fact that they take that chip on their shoulders. And when Philadelphia's been an underdog or I guess in this divisional round, and they're 3-0 and they win by an average of 17 points. So – what are your thoughts? I mean, I'm just look. I think I think all. <laughs> I love it. I love the fact you're fired up, and I can't. <laughs> I, I can't imagine how geeked up you're going to be on Saturday afternoon live and in person there for the divisional oh, yeah. game against the Falcons. Yeah, three bloody Marys. Yeah, ice loose in the parking lot. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Which part? Um, so I, I think you know. Uh, you hit on it, right? You you obviously have to play good defense. You have to give yourself a chance in this football game, especially early in the football game. 
Because right now the city of Philadelphia is a little bit on edge. And that might be an understatement. They're a little nervous. People are jumping ship. Foles didn't play that well. The Cowboys game, I know the starters didn't play. That was a train wreck. That was embarrassing. All right, you get shut out at home, 6 nothing. you lose to those losers. I mean, it, it, you, they need something. The crowd needs something early. The team needs something early. A spark, a big play. Or, worst case, just stay in the football game. Because when that tide turns, if the Falcons jump out early, that building, that arena is going to start to go sour real quick, especially if it's balls-ass cold. All right, so you hit on it. Defense, running game, not going to disagree with any of those things. You know, I, there's nothing I can add to either of those things. Those those are great points. Those are exactly what the Eagles need to do. But they have to find a way to be in this game early. All right, they've had some rest. Don't have rust. I know it's easier said than done, but they should be healthy. Wisniewski back on the offensive line. You mentioned Ajayi getting some time off. They should be as fresh as they've been all year. And that has to benefit them, you would think, down the stretch. The Falcons... They play, you know, they they had the week. They didn't get the extra day. It's not like they're playing Sunday off Saturday. They just have their normal week of preparation, but they're coming off a game in the West Coast. Like they have to be more banged up than the Eagles. It's just logic. So can the Eagles take advantage of that and grind out this football game? Stay close early, make some plays late, and get it done. Now, under the radar players to watch, guys, we're going to talk about. You may have, I don't know if Ertz and, and Burton were your guys, but my guy is Trey Burton. Because the middle of the field is an area where I know you and I have talked off air that the Eagles can attack Trey Burton often under the radar, but he's the type of guy that can get open in space. He's got good hands. He can make kind of sneaky big plays. He's a guy that isn't going to get a lot of fanfare going into this game. You know I'm a big Trey Burton guy. I'd love to see him make a play in this game and get it done. Remember, last time these two teams played in a football game, uh, a playoff football game, was uh, 13 years ago. And it was the Chad Lewis show, right? He had a couple of scores. Eagles went on to the Super Bowl. Obviously, the Dawkins hit on Algie Crumpler, uh, Crumpler getting a lot of run this week, as damn well it should. But I'd love to see a guy like Trey Burton step up. You know, could it, could it be an under-the-radar wide receiver like a Mac Hollins? Does he make a big play, move the sticks? There's got to be somebody that elevates their game that at the end of the night in the box score, you're going, man, I can't believe this guy had that that type of performance. Where Where is that going to come from? You know, who's going to be that guy? Is it Corey Clement? Is it some of these more unheralded players that you're not thinking going in are going to have a big a big night, a big game, and then at the end of the day you go, man, that guy was a huge difference. I'd love to see that from this team. I think any type of spark or boost you can get from some of those role players is going to be absolutely crucial. And then let's, let's, let's just... I think, uh, you know, on the defensive side, I think, I don't know if you know it or not, but Joe, um, but Brandon Graham is nursing in an ankle injury, and they kind of really haven't got into what type of injury it is. You know, with a high ankle sprain, you're talking like two to six week recovery time. They're yeah. paying the ass. But if you're looking at like just a regular ankle roll, you're looking at two weeks. But you know, he's kind of been in and out of practice. Look for Dirk. I think Dirk Barnett. I think the rookie comes up big. And the other thing is the Falcons' offensive line too. They're starting a backup guard, and Aaron Donald had their way. That's why I think it was so important for. It's going to be so important for Fletcher Cox and Jernigan to get in. Here's the other the other thing, too. Julio Jones, you're talking one of the top three receivers in all of national football. He's probably number two behind Antonio Brown. They're yep. probably 1A, 1B, yep. whatever you want to look at it that way. But, you know, can Ronald Darby make that, that impact interception? Can the defense find a way to put some points on the board for, for their offense? And... Let's join 
the field, okay? Atlanta's the type of defense that gives you up, they give you up, and they let you work your way methodically down the field. So, sure, they're fine. They'll give you, you know, 10 plays, 80-yard drives. But can the defense put the offense in the position for Nick Foles, similar to the Giants game, okay? Why was he so successful in the Giants game? Because the Eagles' defense were able to turn him over, give him a short field to work with, and then he produced. I think that's the type of thing that we need to look for on Saturday. I think if something in that, if that scenario plays out, I think we're going to be in position. Give me your prediction for Nick Foles' stat line at the end of the game. What is Foles, What do Foles' numbers look like after Saturday's game is in the books? All right. Nick Foles is going to be 24 of 35 for 275 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Wow. The church of Foles is back. I mean, it's one of those things. I heard an interview with Michael Vick today. It was awesome. <laughs> you know, what do you expect out of Moles? He goes, you just don't know what to expect. You're either going to get the good Nick, or you're going to, you know, in my opinion, you're going to get the bad Nick. I'm praying for the good Nick. But I really think the defense is going to come up large, give them some short fields to work with. They're going to hit on a couple plays. And listen, this kid knows that he has to come out and ball out just to shut everybody up. It's all over the locker room. Nobody's giving the Eagles a shot in hell to win this football game, yeah. which I think is awesome. And the expectations, even the fan base here, Joe, and you being on my wheel, like it's on 50-50. Some people are like, ah, we're screwed. And then the other people are like, you got to believe. So well, we'll see what happens. How about you? What are your thoughts on next numbers? For I'm, this going, I'm going 19 for 28, 265, and two scores. Uh, 265, you said? Yeah, 265 and two scores. 19 for 28, okay. 265, two scores. Right. One to your boy Aguilar, one to Zach Ertz. Nally. Nally. He could be the big X factor in the slot. And the Falcons' corners are strong on the and I'm gonna And I'm going to throw you a real curveball here. Nick Foles. Uh, Nick Foles yeah. picks up a rushing, a rushing first down that is a uh, game-changing play. The All right. Picturette. All right. Not on the Serengeti is what you're saying. <laughs> so, <laughs> let, let me let me let me just say this for one minute. All right, and and if for just one week in Philadelphia, we can stop with the doom and gloom, and and the way to do that is Nick Foles comes out and this team wins, and Nick Foles plays well, just to shut everybody up for six days. That's all I care about. All right, I'm tired of reading the articles. I'm tired of reading the stuff on Twitter. Just come out, shut everybody up with a decent performance. It doesn't have to be Carson Wentz-ish. It doesn't have to be unworldly. Just come out, play good football, win the game at home you're supposed to win, host the championship game, and then if if, if the critics want to come out after that, great. you got to win this game at home. And for Nick Foles, from a personal standpoint, from a, I've never seen a guy get so slaughtered over two meaningless football games in the history of my entire life. Like, did did we all forget this team's thirteen and three? Did we all forget that the Raiders game, for the most part, for the most part, didn't mean squat? The Cowboys game meant absolutely nothing. Like putting him out there for that one quarter kind of backfired, yeah. Doug. Right? I mean, at the end of the day, did that do anything other than just keep people talking? Nah. Yeah. No, I I mean if they had just sat him, if they had just sat him after the Raiders game, at some point everybody would have shut up and just waited for this game. Instead it just gave another six to ten days of he ain't good enough. We're screwed. Yeah. He is what he is. I told you he wasn't that good. Like 
I, I, Doug yeah. Peterson did his quarterback no favors. He did the football team no favors by that one quarter joke against the Cowgirls. So yeah. he no, put I, he put he, the team in this spot. Now it's time for the players to to man up, step up. Nick Foles, get it done. I don't care what his numbers are. Get the win. Don't play terrible, and everybody will shut up. That's all. Yeah, I, yeah. That's all I want. No, and I agree with you. And that's the other thing that we kind of didn't touch on too is the coaching staff. Okay, you know, find the ten type of plays, find the twenty type of plays, the routes that he likes to throw to receivers. Okay, the best coaches, the most successful coaches in any sport, are the ones that can tailor to their their players. Not you know, everyone has a great system. Uh, there's this is my system, and I will not change it. No. The ones, the great coaches are the ones that are able to adapt to their talent. And what is, and that's why I mentioned before, like, I'd like to see him give him a rhythm, do a little no huddle. And the other thing with no huddle does is it just keeps the defense off balance. They're not able to tee up on you. And I think that could be. Well, guess how, the, guess how they're going to have success with no huddle by running the football. Because I don't I think he's going to no sling doubt. it all over the lot. I don't think there's going to be four straight passes where he's hitting for a total of 35 yards. Like I think you've got to run the ball, run the ball. And then when you're getting in that rhythm, then you've got the play action. Then you hit the quick slant. Then you line up and you run it again. I mean, that's the that's the off balance. I don't think yeah. Foles is going to, you know, we if, if you're playing with pace or playing to that, that, that hurry-up style, it's not because Nick Foles is going to throw the ball 40 times, or at least I wouldn't think so. If you're going to yeah. keep them off balance and we play with so. that tempo, it better be because they're running the ball with efficiency. Or it should be because of that, I would think. Yeah. All right, can we run the ball first down? My God, I swear, Joe, I swear, I swear, I swear. If we keep up with this particular pattern that I've seen all season where we don't run the ball first down, incomplete pass, handoff on second down, run for two to three yards. Now let's put our quarterback in third and seven, third and nine. Third and long. I mean, my God, that just drives me. That's that crazy. So I mean, it's just let me. I, I will be screaming <laughs> my lungs out, and, and, and we fall into that same type of pattern. I mean, God knows what's going to come out of my mouth. I'm going to have to keep it clean because I'm next to the players, you know, personnel section wise and everyone else. But uh, I hope not. Let's just hope. And, hey, this is a big moment for Doug Peterson too. I think that we, we can't gloss over that. Like, this is a huge moment in this man's coaching career moving forward as a general with the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, can he get it done? Can he win a playoff game in his first go-round? I think that is going to be huge. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he comes up And they've had the extra time to prepare. I mean, I know Atlanta got done yeah. Saturday, and so you're like, well, each team's on equal playing field. Not really. You know the Eagles started yeah. their pre-scout of every possible opponent long before the Falcons even took the field against the Rams. And then once the Falcons yeah. won, you just, okay, this is who we're playing. You didn't even have to wait for Sunday. So you should have been well, able, by the, time the, by the time the Falcons got on the plane, the Eagles should, be, should have already been on the move, and I'm sure they were with preparation. So uh, that should benefit them. They're well-rested. They should be, the game plan should be flawless. And what we have seen is that Poopy Peterson, unlike his boy and his mentor Andy Reid, does make adjustments. And so let me pose this question to you before we get to the final score prediction. And I know we didn't talk about this in advance, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lob this to you sort of on the fly style, John Mita. But if you're the Eagles and you have the opportunity, you know, the, the coin toss goes your way. Do you take the rock or do you defer? <laughs> that 
That is a fabulous question. One that was brought up on the radio yesterday. Because because he, here's where here, here's where I come out on this. They've been such a good second half team, meaning yeah. kicking, playing good defense in the first quarter, and getting the ball if they need to make adjustments. Start the second half. You've got that in your back pocket. But this is also a team right now that needs to get the crowd into the game and needs confidence. And God forbid the Atlanta Falcons take the opening kickoff and put seven points on the board. Then what? I know there's fifty. I know there's fifty-five minutes to go after that. But from a team, from a city standpoint, from an atmosphere standpoint, from a team confidence standpoint, I kind of feel like they almost need to get on the board first in this game. And I don't know how if if you if you win the coin toss and the choice is yours, as 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 Black Sheep said. Uh, what do you what do you make? Yeah, I mean it's it's so funny. So all year round, I you know I kind of kind of flipped almost to your side of things. But my whole thing is I'm always a huge proponent. I love defense. I just I I, I don't know. I just have an affinity for the defensive side of the ball, and I love being able to get the ball back in the second half, making the adjustment. There's something to be said where they need to start fast. But what I really think that they should do is I'm still going to stick to my guns and stick to my ideal philosophy if I were coaching. And if they win the toss, I would still play – I'd get on defense first because I feel like the defense will make a play in that series that is going to set the offense up for that first big score. So I'm with you. You definitely need to get the crowd in it. And the other thing is, too, by you taking the ball first, some people might say, okay, if you start out on defense first, then it, it just goes to show that you are not comfortable, you know, with fools right now yeah. and that you're playing scared and you don't want to put them out there right away. And you don't know how, you know, the one thing is too is I just, we just, we need to get a couple first downs. I don't care if the first drive of his fails, but if they go bring it out, right. you just don't want the boo birds to come out. Yeah. And what, my, uh, that's why what's the, for, what's the forecast? Forecast is great, man. It's going to be like 50 and bombing oh, here. In the city. Beautiful. That changes my prediction. Let's get right into the uh, prediction then. Let's change the uh, prediction time. We're going right in predictions, and I am changing mine. It's going to be above right. freezing temperatures. Oh, yeah. Definitely. 31. Yeah, there is, 31. We're talking about rain maybe throughout the course of the day, but the clear by game time. 30, right. 31 17 birds. Book it. Woo! I love it. I love that prediction. It's very similar to mine. Very similar. But here's my prediction. I'm going 34 to 13. Wow. I think, I think the defense, I think they take it personal. I think they just punish Matt Ryan the entire day. I really, I think, I, I, I smell like a, a six sacks game. Yes. I, I think they get like six sacks. I really do. I think Jim Schwartz is going to be aggressive. I think they might blitz. They did great. Julio got his last year, but they found a way to just shut that team down and started by stopping the run. I think the defense is really going to take this personal, and I really think they're going to show why they've been a tremendous team. And the other thing is, too, this team is special. I know with Carson Wentz leading the charge, it was extremely special. It could be one of our best shots to maybe – you know, bring a Lombardi trophy down Broad Street. There's no question about it. But there's other reasons why this team this, this team has won so many games. So, I, I don't know. I think 34 to 13, man. I think the defense falls out something serious. They give up maybe, you know, one passing touchdown. 
the Mohammed Sanil or something, and then they kick field goals, and that's it. I think we go in there, and we wreck people, and we make a statement to say, you know what? The NFC Championship has to come through the city of Philadelphia. I love it. Let's get to the rest of Divisional Weekend here on the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, at Love Podcast, at Love Podcast. Uh, Joe Donald, John Mita here with you. All right, who do you got in the NFC showdown, New Orleans in Minnesota? Oh, when the Saints, oh, when the Saints, oh, when the Saints come marching in. Yeah, I think uh, I got to go to New Orleans Saints, man. I think when you line it up, Drew Brees show why he's a first out Hall of Fame quarterback. Last week against Carolina, you know, the strength of the, the New Orleans offense has been that running game with Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. Carolina, you know, loaded up the box. They pretty much just, we're going to stop your running game. You throw the ball and beat us. And that's what Drew Brees did too, for over 375 yards. Had a couple nice passing touchdowns. Hey, you know, who you got? Drew Brees, Case Keenum. Now, these two teams met in week two. Very different story. Have Sam Bradford, Johnny Gruden was gunning them down. You know him. Oh, look at Sam Bradford. What a performance. <laughs> I would love to have him as a quarterback. Well, that was Case Keenum. And, uh, and, and, and the, you know, they're both own teams. You know, they're playing. New Orleans is playing at Minnesota. Yeah, it's wild there. But, you know, it's, it's, and it's a game that's being played indoors. And that's where that's also, you know, where they're successful. And Minnesota has a fantastic defense. But when it comes down to, when it comes down to playoffs, I, I think the quarterback's going to make a big difference in this game. And I think the Saints are going to beat Minnesota. Couldn't agree more. Case Keenum, never been in a playoff game. He stinks. Drew Brees, uh, the back shoulder throws he was making last week against the Panthers were basically indefensible. Uh, some of the highlights I watched, I mean, Saints by, I don't want to say a, a, a large margin because Minnesota's got legit D. I think it's a lower scoring game, but I think at the end of the day, the Saints yeah. are coming to Philly. AFC, Tennessee and New England. I, I would have loved to have seen Kansas City go to, go to Foxborough and shock the Patriots like they did earlier in the season. I just don't think the Titans can get it done. I know there's some inner drama. I know there's some trouble there uh, in New England. But, again, I just I just, I just don't think Tennessee has the personnel. I'll take the Pats. Jaguars, Steelers, I know the Jaguars are a nice story. I know they have a great defense. But I just don't see any way New England and Pittsburgh don't match up in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, I can agree with you more. You know, I look at this New England game, the point spread. Uh, basically, the Patriots are favored by 13 and a half points. With all the drama going in, you know, going on, there's so much rip up there. I think this is where they come out. Tennessee, nice story. You win a playoff game, you probably save your coach Mike Malarkey's job. That's all well and good. Mariota, you know, great game out of him. But I think Tom Brady comes out and they absolutely smoke Tennessee. Uh, as far as Pittsburgh, Jacksonville goes, I mean, let's face it, again, it's going to come down to quarterback play. That's what these playoffs are all about. Do you have that top-tier quarterback to lead you? We hope that's not the case in our circumstances. But, you know, Blake Bortles against Ben Roethlisberger, I know Big Ben got picked up times and they lost to Jacksonville. And the Ryan Shazier injury is a big thing. But I, I think Pittsburgh, I think they roll them up pretty heavily. And no, you're right. I mean, Pittsburgh and New England. I mean, those are the two teams throughout the course of the year. If you look at the AFC, you're like, yep, they'll be meeting the AFC championship. It's almost a foregone conclusion. So I'm with you. I think both, you know, I think the home teams will roll through this round except for, for that Minnesota game. On the fly. Hit me. I'm ready. On the fly. Give me two reasons why you think the Eagles will win this game. 
Two reasons the Eagles will win this game is because they have the it factor, something you touched on. All right, They are a team of destiny. I said it weeks ago, this team will hoist the Lombardi Trophy. I'm sticking with my guns. They have the it factor. They care for each other. They're a character team. They've rallied around. They're probably under uh, their overmatch head coach at times, but they have something special. So that is reason number one. And reason number two is because I believe that Doug Peterson is not dumb enough to try and chuck it all over the yard. He's going to establish a running game. That offensive line is going to earn its keep. They are healthy. They are ready to go. They are going to play smash-mouth football. And when Ajayi and Blunt start running full speed ahead right through that line of scrimmage, that fan base is going to be charged up. So the it factor and the running game, once it gets rolling, are two reasons why. Now, I will throw in one caveat. Jay Ajayi fumbles the ball a little bit too much for my liking. So please, God, Jay Ajayi, dear God, do not let... Dear, 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 dear Tim Tebow football gods, Carson Wentz, channel your channel your inner football Jesuses and let JHI hold on to the rock Saturday afternoon. Great, great segue. On the fly into the dear God segment. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, here's my on the fly for you. How many how many years will be left on John Gruden's contract with the Raiders once he's let go, quits, or otherwise? <laughs> Ten-year deal. Ten-year deal. How uh, soon is he gone? I think he makes it six years. What? I think six. Yeah, you think it'll be oh, sooner than dude, that? Dude, I think it's three and done. Are you kidding me? Maybe. They'll get to Oakland. And they'll, all right, so what's it? Two, that, two years? How, how do you justify paying? I mean, they'll get to Vegas the and he'll be gone. 60 million. The remaining $60 million of that contract. Yeah, but I think it's five years to build the program. But, I mean, they have a lot of stuff in place, but. Man, that is a crazy. No, two years, two years in o- two years in Oakland, one or two in Vegas. He's out for sure. Yeah. All right, okay. brother. Good stuff as always. Appreciate everybody tuning let's in on SoundCloud and iTunes. Let's go. Let's bring the pain, as I say. Every time the defense takes the field on Lincoln Financial Field, let's bring the pain. Fans seem to be loud. Let's rally behind this football team. Let's rally behind the coaching staff. Let's rally behind the quarterback. Let's rally around everybody. City of brotherly love. Let's bring it Saturday and shut the national media up, please. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Rally around John Mita and the Brotherly Love Podcast. Good stuff, brother. Always a pleasure. Go Birds. We'll chat championship week. Hopefully, we're talking about another matchup at Lincoln Financial Field. Good stuff. As always, appreciate the love on SoundCloud and iTunes. For John Mita, I'm Joe O'Donnell. Till next time, see You've been listening to the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes.